You're listening to Hawk Talk with former Seahawks wide receiver Michael Bumpus. At the 10-yard line, second and eight. Three wide receivers now in motion as Bumpus left to right. Julius Jones with single setback. Matt Pump fakes, looking to the goal line. He throws it into the end zone. Touchdown, Seahawks! It's Michael Bumpus with a diving catch in the end zone. A 10-yard touchdown reception for Bumpus, and the kid out of Washington State has found himself a place on this team. Powered by Seahawks.com. What up, 12s? This is Michael Bumpus, and you're listening to Hawk Talk, the preview edition. Week 10, the Seahawks 7-2 are going back to Cali to play the 49ers, who are the last undefeated team in the NFL. But before we get into it, like always, going to send it over to my producer, Nasa Chobi, for the injury updates. Before we get into injuries, Michael, uh, we got a couple roster moves to report. The Hawks have carried seven wide receivers all season because of how much they like their depth at that position. But when the opportunity to add an impact player presented itself, they could not pass that up, claiming former first-team All-Pro and Pro Bowl wide receiver Josh Gordon off waivers on Friday. Talented player who can definitely help this offense. But they were not done there. The Seahawks also added depth on the offensive line on Tuesday, activating rookie guard Phil Haynes from the physically unable to perform list. Unfortunately, rookie receiver Gary Jennings was waived to make room on the 53-man roster. Haynes was a fourth-round pick out of Wake Forest, had a sports hernia surgery in the offseason, causing him to report and start the year on the pup, but he has been practicing the last three weeks. In terms of injuries, we are looking pretty good. Pete Carroll said the expectation is for Quinton Jefferson to make it back, as he's going to be a full go this week after dealing with an oblique injury. Other news, Pete Carroll talked about Quandre Diggs. He should practice all week. Doesn't know for sure what that means for Monday, but we're hopeful he can make a contribution against the 49ers. Josh Gordon is also in a similar boat as he uh, made it through walkthrough and practice on Thursday. Lastly, Pete Carroll said Ed Dixon is healthy. Now it's just a question of fitting him on the roster. All right, Michael, let's get into the Week 10 opponent. Like you said, the San Francisco 49ers, a perfect 8-0, narrowly beat the Arizona Cardinals last Thursday night, 28-25, in a close ball game, and there were some happy guys in that locker room. Hey, guys, man, you guys are built for anything, man. All right, we won it a lot of different ways. All right, the perseverance, all right, when it went back and forth, guys, you didn't let up. Some of those third downs you guys got at the end, my hat's off to all you guys, man. Hey, um, guys, we got it. we're halfway done, man, halfway done. I wish we'd done a little better on our first half, but I'll take 8-0, all right? All right, we'll take that, all right? We know we're just halfway there. We're going to all, everyone's off. I don't want to see you guys till Tuesday, all right? No one's coming in till Tuesday. We'll get you the times in and that schedule, all right? But if you... <laughs> all right, I want to get game ball here. All right, Jimmy. They got whole second half, boys. Let's go make the count, huh? We got something special. Team on three, one, two, three. So, Michael, again, a close game. It was probably one of their closest games they've had all season. So, what did you see out of those uh, Niners last week? What did I see out of the Niners? Jimmy Garoppolo threw for 317 yards and four touchdowns in that game against the Arizona Cardinals. And going into this game, that was the last test for me. I wanted to see if Jimmy G could win a game for his football team. And throwing four picks and no turnovers kind of puts him in that lane of winning football games for his team. Uh, 
The San Francisco's at the halfway point. They're 8-0. They're dangerous. They battled back to beat an Arizona Cardinals team 28-25. to It was a game. It was the first time. I mean, they had a close game against the Redskins earlier in the year, but that game was just – it was a mud pit. It was yeah. pouring rain. This was the first time that they've really been tested, and they were dominating most of the game, but they definitely left the door open for the Cardinals to come back, and it was definitely came down to the wire. Yes, it did. Uh, they fell down 7-0 at halftime but responded with three touchdowns. As time expired in the second quarter, though – the head coach of the Cardinals, Cliff Kingsbury, called a timeout with seconds left on the clock on a fourth down, which gave the Niners another opportunity to score. Now, to the untrained eye, this looks like a huge mistake, which I kind of agree with because of the timing of the timeout. I feel if he calls a timeout before the play is even ran, then uh, there's no speculation about what could have been because they scored on that. Um, I think he saw something in the, in the defense and say, hey, let's match up here. Let's make a move there. His mistake was he called the timeout too late and uh, gave the Niners a second chance to get in the end zone, which they did. Yeah, it's, it's hindsight, right? Hindsight's twenty twenty. You look at it, and it's after the play. Obviously, if they would have scored on that play, it would have been a great timeout, right? Yeah. No one would be saying anything about it because they get a stop. He probably saw something he didn't like, someone on the headset. It's unfortunate for them, and it ended up in seven points for the Niners. Yes, sir. The 49ers were in control until about five minutes left in the fourth quarter when Andy Isabella caught a short pass and went 88 yards to the house. And that's what we need. The Hawks need a big play like so. Caught him in a man defense. Nice little slant. Get the ball to your playmakers early. The rest is all Isabella. I think we have a couple guys who can do that. Yeah, I, I think we might, you know, 16, no, maybe, maybe 14. Maybe We've got 14. a couple guys that can win some one-on-one maybe battles. 80, 83 might even mm-hmm. get in that mix there. The Cardinals come back but fell short when they couldn't get off the field on several third downs in the last two minutes, and that is key. If you want to be a top team in this league, a top defense in this league, you have to get off the field on third downs, especially late in the game with minutes left on the clock. Yeah, no, I mean, they had their opportunities because was, it was under two minutes. They could If they got a stop, they would have forced them to punt. They could have got the ball back with a minute 30, and Kyler Murray was trying to figure things out in that game, so it would have been interesting to see if he could have brought him back. Unfortunately, defense couldn't get off the field, and then Jimmy Garoppolo made some big throws. To his credit, he made two huge throws in that drive to get those first downs and get a win for the 49ers. And I just want to show Kyler Murray some love real quick. He's coming along. I hope he Mm -hmm. doesn't progress too fast because he (laughs) is in the division, but he is coming along. I like his progression. But it was a big loss for the 49ers. They lose linebacker Quan Alexander, who tore a pec muscle against the Cardinals and is done for the season. Feel sorry for the man. Feel good for the Hawks because he will not be on the field. Yeah, I mean, their defense has been as good as advertised, man. You watch them, and as the season went on, you're kind of like, okay, we'll see. We'll see till they play somebody. We'll see. But, hey, eight games, just like the Seahawks, they play who's on their schedule, and they beat everyone on their schedule. So it's going to – Quan not being out there is definitely not going to hurt the Seahawks. Nope, for sure. not going to hurt them at all. So let's move over to the key matchups. First one, Jimmy Garoppolo versus everybody. Who is Jimmy? He started his career 14-2 and as a 49er starting QB, which is super impressive. He's played a full season. Basically, as a mm-hmm. 49er, he is 14-2. and two. It may not be pretty all the time, but he is showing that he can win games for this ball club. The first time it really looked like he put the team on his back and won the game for the 49ers. Like I said earlier, this was a game that I needed to see out of him to make me a full believer of Jimmy G. Threw for 317 yards, four touchdowns, no picks is key. You do not turn the ball over. You have a great chance of winning a ball game. He's had 13 passing touchdowns on the year with just seven interceptions. Not super impressive, but he's getting it done. Yeah, he's, like I said, he's doing what they need to do for him to win. And some people, I hate putting the term game manager. People try to put that on him earlier in the year. And like you just said, he finally did what he had to do. 
to win a game because he won that game for the 49ers. And it's not just – that's just the outside. Everyone in the 49ers locker room is 100% bought in. Yeah. This is his star tight end, George Kittle, talking about his faith in Jimmy G. Yeah, he's pretty good. I don't know why people don't think he is. He makes some pretty gutsy throws out there, doesn't he? Goodness gracious. I, I can't say enough about just how he brings us along, you know, just whether it's on the sideline or in the huddle and, you know, the leadership that he has. But, you know, the fire that he, you know, has to just kind of just gets the people going. Um, and just to see him, you know, make those plays and, you know, allow him to get those people off his back that, you know, say, hey, hey, maybe he's not, you know, you know what we think he is. But, you know, everyone in this building or in our locker room knows what he is. It's just it's fun to see that. It gets the people going. Is what he mm. says. What's up, what's up with tight ends? Tight ends might have the best personalities in the NFL right now. Yeah, man. It, it's just there's something about it. Obviously, we know in our locker room, Luke Wilson has that on lock. You had back in the day, you had Gronkowski before yeah. he went away. You got Kittle. There's just something about him, man. They got that juice. Yeah, I'm feeling the tight end swag right now. Uh, the Seahawks, they got to generate some pressure on this guy. He was 70%. He, he has completed 70% of his passes on the season. Jimmy G. Going to have to put some pressure on him. Another matchup. These guys have a great backfield with Brita and Coleman versus the Seahawks front seven. These are tough physical runners. Matt Brita has rushed for 527 yards and one touchdown on the season. Meanwhile, Coleman has rushed for 355 and five touchdowns on the season. The Seahawks need to continue to stop the run like they've done so far this year. They've been pretty good at it. Yeah, the really the only time they had a tough time stopping the run was against the Ravens. Yep. And that was because of the quarterback. And everybody does. Everybody yeah, has a tough the time. The Patriots, yeah. Everyone <laughs> in Seattle should feel a lot better about that game after watching the Patriots this past Sunday night. And everyone in this league is having a tough time stopping Lamar. We're not going to see someone like him unless it's in a date in February, which I would love to have. But until nice. then, that's really the only game that they've struggled to stop the run. So they need to keep up what they've been doing. Keep doing what you're doing. The next matchup, George Kittle. Emmanuel Sanders versus the Seahawks secondary. Without question, Jimmy G's favorite target. This guy burst into the scene last year, and I like to see um, that he hasn't fallen off. As, a, as an analyst, I like to see mm -hmm. that he hasn't fallen off. As a Seahawks supporter, it scares me a little bit. He has 46 receptions for 541 yards and two touchdowns. The next closest receiver has 22 receptions, which means they've been leaning heavily on Emmanuel Sanders these last two weeks. Yeah, and that's that addition, when, when I first saw that, I was like, uh-oh. Because the rest of the receivers, they have good players over there. Dante Pettis, a former UW guy. Um, they got good receivers, but the addition of Sanders is definitely something that changes their offense. Um, Kyle Shanahan talked about how good Sanders has been to start the year. Uh, yes, I mean, he, and watching him, you, you always know he's a pro. Um, but, I mean, he's even been better than expected, you know, since he's been here, just how unbelievably smart he's been in picking up the offense and being able to go out there that much, and especially here on a short week. And um, that game would have been real tough to win without him. And how hard is that? You come into a brand-new team, been there for two weeks, and you're already one of their top threats on offense. You know, he's a veteran. He's, what, 32, 33 mm -hmm. years old? This isn't his first rodeo. So I could imagine that the offensive terminology, there there probably are some things that he had to learn, but for the most part, um, he's been in a few offenses, and he's a vet. He'll pick it up. He's a complete route runner. This guy can run a go. He can run a post. He can do the under underneath stuff. You can give him a jet sweep. Um, like the way this guy's playing. The biggest matchup of the game this Monday <laughs> will be this 49ers defensive line versus the Seahawks offensive line. They got Nick Bosa. They got Eric Armstead, D4, DeForest Buckner. I mean, any any of these guys can get to the quarterback and do it in a hurry. They're super explosive. No, they just make they make their hay in the backfield. You watch all these games. Bosa has been unblockable. 
Like, guys can, I mean, he he should have probably, if he hasn't missed a couple, he could have 13, 14 sacks already. And then it goes for everyone on that defensive line. Every single matchup, whether it's Dwayne Brown, whether it's DJ Fluker, uh, Joey Hunt, Jermaine Effetti, everyone on that offensive line is going to have to win their battles on every single play. The Hawks win this ball game if the O-line takes care of business, in my opinion. This group has produced 22 sacks on the season. Very dangerous. Let's go O-line. Bow up and get it done. Richard Sherman versus Russell Wilson. Now, this isn't probably the most important matchup, but mm-hmm. it's probably the most interesting matchup because you know what Sherman brings, that that moxie, that attitude, that that relentlessness. And he's low-key balling this year, too. So I'm sure he's excited and he's going to get up for the Hawks as well. Well, of course. I mean, everyone in this market knows what Richard Sherman can do on the football field. And his first year last year, he was kind of quiet because the Niners are going through some growing pains, the Los Garoppolo. But now they're balling. And now you can see some of his swag, some of his demeanor rubbing off on the rest of the guys. Because the scariest thing about them, to me, is how much confidence they're playing. Yes. Every single person on that team – playing with swag. They're confident what they're doing. I think Sherm brought a lot of that culture to that defense. Yeah, Sherm has done a great job influencing that defense. And like you said, they're playing with swag. They're flying to the ball. They're celebrating. They're having fun. When a team is having fun like they are, they're very dangerous. Reminds me of a team that used to play in the Northwest back in the day. So, path to victory. You got to mix it up on defense. Find a way to get to the quarterback. Help the DBs make some plays. Make it, make life hard on Jimmy. Don't let him sit there and look all pretty and pat the ball three times and throw the rod. Make him move. Make him throw into tight windows. Make him uncomfortable. I think that is key this week. Also, run the football as the Hawks do every single week. Don't give up on it. The first half last week was tough. I think Carson had eight carries for under 60 yards. Second half, boom, exploded to the seam. The Hawks end up with over 140 yards. Be disciplined with the run. Russell needs to play like an MVP. I mean, yep. I, I I appreciate the five touchdowns, no picks last week. I'll take three or four, no 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 picks this week as well. Of course, I mean he he's a guy for for us to win our games. He he's got to play like he he's capable of playing, and he has done that. And he's everyone in the NFL is on notice. If Russell just does what he does, nothing crazy. He's not to go crazy. and be a different person. That's just who he is. Yep. If Russell is who he is, then we got a great shot. Got a great shot. Again, we just talked about it. The O line must be on point. I don't care if it's Jamarco, if it's Dwayne, if it's a Fetty, if it's Hunt. Got to come together and play cohesive football and make this thing work and protect your guy in the back. Russell was hit 11 times last game, which is tough. And with this defensive line, uh, when he gets hit, he's going to feel it. So mm-hmm. protect your boy. Keep him standing up. Uh, continue their dominance on primetime TV on Monday night. The Hawks are 24-10 and 10 all time on Monday night and 12-2 and two in their last 14 games, which is super impressive. Well, their Monday night record is the best in the history of the NFL with, with at least, you know, 30 or some games. So, and whatever, whatever reason, we've talked about this before, Pete just gets it done in prime time because they don't make anything bigger about any game. Every game is a championship opportunity. It sounds cliche, but it's definitely not cliche in the walls of the VMAC, and the results don't lie. It's not cliche. It is what it is. Pete Carroll's 27-5-1 in primetime games. Let's keep it rolling. This is the biggest game of the season for the NFL. All eyes are going to be on this game. It's on Monday night. It's down in Cali. You got Russell versus Sherman. You got the D-line versus the O-line. You got 7-2 versus 8-0. Hawks can't lose another game because in the Niners game, there's so many ways Mm -hmm. you can go with this game, and uh, I'm super excited. This is a playoff game. These young guys in this building, just do what you do. Pete Carroll's going to lead these guys to victory, I believe, and I think it'll be a close one. 
But uh, you got to wait till Monday to find out. It's been real, folks. That's me, Michael Bumbus, your host, along with my guy, my producer, Nasa Choby. That's Hawk Talk Preview. Hawks are going down to Cali. Hopefully come back 8-2. Thanks for listening. See you next time.